Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I've got a very German moment of the day to share with you guys. So I work in a public library here in Germany, and they are renovating the bathrooms right outside my department. Today I was at work, and there was so much noise from the construction. It's super obnoxious. So we closed the doors to the department to try to cancel out some of the noise, though the library also doesn't have air conditioning, so we have to open the outside windows so that noise just comes through anyway. But whatever, that aside, the door's closed. A woman comes up to me and is like, excuse me, I have a question. The doors are closed, but there's a sign on the door that says, please leave the doors open. I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, that's because normally we like them to be open, but it's gonna take a couple weeks to get this construction done. And while that's ongoing, we're gonna keep the door shut. And she just sort of stared at me and then was like, but the sign says that we should keep the door open. <laughs> so then I tried to explain again. Yes, that is generally the feeling, but given the construction, uh, we're keeping it closed today. And again, she sort of just stared at me and repeated, but the sign says, so I don't know if we really got anywhere with that. I, I think she eventually just kind of walked away and was like, huh, <laughs> but it was cracking me up. I mean, we should probably update the signs, but in the meantime, I'm just going to keep chuckling to myself because the need to follow the rules just runs so deep, so deep. <laughs> Another very German moment of today is that I got home and I went to the grocery store with my fund, which is the empty bottles that you get from like beer bottles, for instance, or certain juices. You can redeem them for money. So a lot of them cost like eight cents. Some of them cost 25, 35 cents. And if you collect them enough, you can add it up and, and make some money off of it. So I did that today, only made two euros and 13 cents, but I was determined to find a wine that would be paid for in full by my fund payment. And I did it. So I got to get going because I got to get back to my lovely bottle of Chardonnay from France. It's decent, actually. I mean, for two euros, it's decent. And I truly think that is a wonderful, beautiful thing. I just drank enough beer that I got free wine. What a great place to live. I love it. <laughs> Our guest today loves Germany a whole lot too. Our guest is named Jessica and she has studied abroad, lived abroad, been a digital nomad. And along the way, she fell in love with a German, moved to Germany, and then realized she really fell in love with Germany. So eventually that relationship actually ended and we got to talking about yeah, what do you do then? <laughs> and at what point is the country and the language and all of it, at what point is it yours and not something that you're doing for someone else? So many of us move abroad for love or in large part because of love. But for many, there is this moment which is hard to put your finger on where living there, learning the language, adjusting to the culture, all of that isn't really about the other person. It's more about you. So today's episode, Jessica and I dig into what that was like for her and what she thought and felt and experienced going through that breakup. She actually then dated another German and how her her love affair with Germany continued throughout this and to today when she's actually back in America, where she's from, she's American, um, married to an American now and still longing for Germany. As I said, Jessica has been an expat 
in all different formats. And she's actually written a lot about it. She's an author. She is a life coach. And today she's a podcast guest. (laughs) So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I am enjoying my free wine. My name is Jessica Drucker. I am from Chicago, Illinois. Um, Actually, right now I live in New York City. I've been here for three and a half years, but this is my first time living in the U.S. as an adult. Uh, I lived abroad for 15 years before that. And where did you live abroad? So I lived in Costa Rica, Guatemala, Germany, the U.K., and then I traveled full time for four years as a digital nomad. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So (laughs) that's a lot. Where and how did this start? I discovered late in high school that I was good at Spanish and I didn't have any idea what to do with being good at Spanish. So (laughs) I went to college and became, I decided to be a Spanish teacher. And so I had to go to Costa Rica as part of a study abroad program. So I went there for one semester. And when I got there, I was kind of like, other people are doing this every single day. There's no way that I can just like like go home and just be a regular person teaching Spanish in a suburb of Chicago. And I actually took a semester off. So I ended up living in Costa Rica for a year. Um, and everyone thought I wouldn't go back to school, that I was just going to like become a bum. Uh, but I did go back and graduated, but then was just like, I've got to go. And so uh, I ended up moving to Guatemala after that. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's also probably like uh, <laughs> most parents' greatest fear when their kids are going to study abroad, that then it's going to be the, the gateway drug. <laughs> and it totally was for me. Yeah, because I just couldn't, you know, it was just so hard to think like the world is happening out there. I can't just go home and talk about it, you know, and I wanted to just be in it right away. Yeah, that feeling like, oh, and now it's over. You know, this was a cool thing and now we're done. We just carry on. I, yeah, I couldn't live without yes. either. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yes. okay, so next I'm going to ask about the Germany part, because I know we've got some common things to talk about there. So how did Germany happen? Well, so Germany was totally unexpected. I knew nothing about Europe at all whatsoever. I studied like Latin American studies, obviously, as part of my Spanish teaching degree, uh, moved to Guatemala, did like a lot of personal re- reckoning, met my first girlfriend there, which was Um, also sort of unexpected, Anya, and she was from Germany, but I didn't really, so her English was so good that it never, like, yeah, she was from Germany, but we were living in Guatemala, and it just never even occurred to me that, like, she was from an actual place either, like, it wasn't something I considered, like, oh, I can't wait until we move to Germany, and then we both sort of realized, like, we were just, like, going to live in poverty. I mean, there was no way we were going to make like a ton of money in Guatemala. We could barely afford to like get a plane ticket home, you know. And so um, at some point, it was just like, let's move then to Germany. So just to be clear on the years that happened, when I lived in Guatemala, I was I moved there August of, of 2001. So September 11th happened just after that. And when I would go home to visit, it was like a completely different country for me. The US was like, just so different than the one I left. And so when I was thinking about where, where to go, you know, she could have also moved to the U.S. Her English was so good. But I just couldn't go back. I just wasn't ready to face, like, what the U.S. was at that point. And so, yeah, so we moved to Germany in 2003. And I ended up living there for three years. Actually, on the nose, three years. Um, but then, I long, like, I just cutting to the, the finale there, we broke up. I ended up dating someone else. And we dated for eight years. And she was also from 
Germany. I had decided to go get a master's degree and I did that in the UK. So actually just as I was leaving Germany, we met. She was also going to study in the UK, but she was from the same town. And so it just seemed like fate or whatever. So I was actually about to sort of leave that life behind, or I think I actually thought I would move back there, to be honest with you. Um, I never really thought I wouldn't live in Germany. So that was also just like so weird how everything just kind of evolved from there. But yeah, so those eight years actually outside of Germany, but always like going home and like having like coffee cooking with Uma and like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Well, I think this is where I really want to dig in because so I can say from my own experience, having been in a sort of similar, but where you moved to a country in large part because of your partner I mean, I know I had a moment and I imagine many people do, whether they admit it or not, where the question was asked of, are we going to break up? And if so, what does that mean for me? Because at this point, I was maybe two or three years into learning German and Mm -hmm. I hadn't realized it until this conflict arose that somewhere along the line, it stopped being a thing that I was learning because of him and and became something Mm -hmm. that I was doing for me. And when I was faced with this question of, oh, okay, like one of the possible outcomes of the scenario is that we break up, I found myself being like, oh, well, I don't think that necessarily means I would want to move back to the US, stop learning German, all of these things. And I was actually a little angry where I was like, no, 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 this is my thing. This is nothing to do with anyone else. And that was really bizarre for me. And I, since that moment, Mm -hmm. have been so fascinated by people who do move for relationships when they don't work out. So can I ask you, let's jump back to the first relationship. What was your experience like with that in those three years living there? How far along in your process of learning Germany, learning German were you? And then what was it like towards the end when you also were faced with this question? Yeah, I mean, it, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because like I, Germany, like I said, wasn't even on my radar. I mean, it wasn't something I thought about at all. And then I was plopped down in Germany. Um, and and also, we were going to move to Berlin right away. Just seems like the obvious thing to do. And she's from Erfurt, which Erfurt is like a smallish city in the former East Germany. This was 2003. So it was a strange time in Germany. But I didn't even know that history, you know, because I had studied Latin America. Like, what did I know about the wall coming down and what like the euro would mean for Europe? And I just didn't know any of that stuff. And so I definitely felt like, a stupid American for sure. Whereas in Latin America, I never felt that way. And also in Alfort, like as opposed to like Frankfurt or Berlin, I mean, just walking down the street speaking English, especially like my quacking like a duck American English at the time, <laughs> like people would look at you, you know, they would look at you and be like, oh my God, an American, you know, and it was, it was really a thing. And so at first, I think I felt completely out of sorts and Faking literally everything, faking my knowledge of history, faking my knowledge of like what was going on there, faking, obviously faking German. I felt like a mute uh, because people did not speak English where I was. Like they think, if you think about it, they had been learning Russian until like 15 years ago. Yeah, true. Um, and so it was just like I had I had nothing. So I actually hung out with there was like this Cuban contingent like leftover from communism. They I obviously got to move there more easily or something. And so I would go to like Cuban bars and speak Spanish with people <laughs> because that was the only way I could feel like it was mine in any way. Yeah, but then I think because I was forced to learn German the way that I was, like I just I just had to. Like 
there was no there was no English to help me really. I would say within a year I was pretty good at German. Within two years though, I was just fluent. Like I just had it. I sat, and it's funny because I think about what it would be like in the US or like it'd be like someone moving to like Alabama and like speaking like that because, you know, I speak like East German, you know, that's how I sound. Like, um, but once I got the language, then it was really, it was mine. Um, I could say things how I wanted to. I could be silly and funny and myself. And once I could be myself, everything was, was mine now at that point. And when the relationship started to near its end, what was going through your head in terms of you were there in Erfurt of all places, for her so so what was the what was your thought process like first of all airport is a lovely city and everyone should go visit and stay overnight don't just go for the day um <laughs> no so you know what i met someone who really ever and this is out really honestly for better and for worse i never really worried about the future like i was always just kind of living in the moment first of all second of all airport was or germany was my third country at that point i was feeling kind of like a rock star i felt really good I had two jobs. I worked at Berlitz because that's who gave me my visa. And then I worked at another school and I taught all kinds of classes. And so because I was just like so busy and just living my life, basically, I never really considered leaving at that point. So I just kind of knew it was for me. I had my visa. I had my job. And I was starting to really, I think it takes a long time to have friends somewhere. Um, but it took about two years, and then I started to have, like, my own friends, too. And so that, all together, that kind of, it, it made it mine. I didn't leave, I didn't plan on leaving because we broke up at all. Where in that process did you guys break up? So we broke up, I had been living there um, with her for two years, just about. And, like, we were just, like, friends, you know. It was just, like, it was fine, but, like, she was just, like, you should probably break up with me. Um, this is not <laughs> happening <laughs> Um, and it was true. I mean, we had been through so much together, but at that point, I think we were just kind of friends. So I had about a year, it was like 11 or yeah, about 11 months till I ended up leaving there on my own. So yeah, so I was, um, I was there with her for two years. And it was still, you know, it was really nice moving there with, and I think this is part of it. We moved there and I hung out with her mom and her grandma and her grandpa. And, you know, it was it was much more family oriented. And if I had moved there on my own without that family, I don't know if it would have been the same. And like, we still saw each other after we broke up. So I had like my own little built in family in a way. I was just talking to someone that I know here in Freiburg. She's she's 19 and just had her first real heartbreak. And she was talking it through with me. And one of the things that you I, you could tell the sort of switch in her emotions when she said this, she was like, you know, I'm feeling a lot of things, but it's whatever, it's going to be okay. I thought that life would be different. I thought it was going in one direction. and It's not whatever, whatever, whatever. But I really liked his parents. And I just don't know what to do now. And I was like, don't worry, girl. Once you hit like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know when it happens. But at some point in your like early 20s, you stop caring. I know, I know so many people who keep in contact with their exes, siblings, parents, whatever. If you're good, yeah, you're good. Exactly right. They're, they're good people. Yeah. I, I just did the day. I just, um, the other day, I just randomly was like, since I, we were chatting on WhatsApp and then she's like, oh, I'm with my mom and my grandma. And I was like, hello, Omi. You know, oh. like, I, you know, it's been like years. And I still said hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really interesting to you. So, so you, the relationship ended about two years into you living in Germany. But also that's when you said you started to feel like you had your own friends and like the, the language yeah. came together. So it's interesting in so many ways you might think that 
that would be the moment where things start to fall apart. But really for you, it was where things started to crystallize, it sounds like. Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? But it's so true because also one of the things that was interesting was like the way we language flipped. So like obviously we spoke English the whole time in Guatemala. And when I first moved there, we definitely only spoke English. And then it what we started integrating more German. I mean, sometimes because there's only a German word for something. And so you just do that. But we, as we started to like integrate more German into our own relationship, that's kind of when we realized, I don't know, it just made our relationship look like, like, oh, we're just like friends now. I don't know. Something changed all in that same time. Um, and I can remember noticing us speaking German together more. I don't think one caused the other, but it was just exactly at the same time. We sort of started to flip languages. I was speaking so much more German and also just changing a lot. And I think that all kind of played a role. Yeah. When you know someone in one language, it's so hard to switch. That's interesting that you guys were able to make the flip and it just kind of happened. It worked. <laughs> I don't know what it is about German either, but like the language just came to me. I mean, I think maybe it's partially how I learned it. Um, so I did not take a, a single German class. Um, I didn't study. I didn't take a course. I literally learned everything just like on the street. Wow. Um, no. Can we pause for um, applause? Yeah. Like, that's very impressive. <laughs> it's not the easiest yeah. language to just pick up. And coming from English and Spanish, they're not necessarily copy and pasted, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, it's not like going from Spanish to Portuguese or something. No, right. but it was also, I learned from my students. So I, tr- I taught English I taught English there, and my students would make mistakes like, oh, we see us tomorrow, you know, and I would be like, why are they saying we see us? And then it just would sort of occur to me, like, as I learned more German or I would hear something that, like, the pattern in German was via they, and uns. And so then I, that's how I learned we see us is the way you say it in German. So I would learn from the mistakes that they made in English. And that was actually, like, a master class, understanding their grammar patterns and then putting, like, the German that I knew on top of that. Did you ever reach a point where you then started actually making their mistakes in English? Because I do that a lot now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, get this. Yes, absolutely. So then, so after I left Germany, I moved to the UK and I was getting a, a master's in, in media, something totally unrelated. But I needed to make money, obviously. And so the, literally the first thing I did was I unpacked my stuff and I went to Berlin because I knew that I could teach English there. Um, and I was living in Brighton um, in the UK, which is, there's a lot of foreigners there. When you decided to go to grad school, did you consider schools in Germany? Yeah, you know what? So I was making a choice between... So there's a university in, in Alford and it's good. And the only program, so, okay. So let me dial this back a little bit. I actually did study in Germany a degree, um, just like a certificate in intercultural business communication, because I was really fascinated by the stuff that you see that you can't see under the surface, right? Like, so I was learning German, but knowing the language is like 10%. And the 90% of like that iceberg under the water is what's really going on. And I became really fascinated with figuring out how to understand the, the stuff that was beyond language. And so intercultural communication became really interesting to me. Um, and I did get a certificate in Germany in German in that. They let me write my papers in English because I actually had like no, my, my German grammar isn't great. So I wouldn't have used things perfectly. Um, but I did the, all the, the coursework and the presentations and stuff were in German. And it was hard. I mean, it was fine, but it was just like, I don't need to make my life that hard. So I started, I knew I wanted to get a master's because I realized there was nowhere you could go. For me, personally, being an English teacher, like I didn't want to go into like the administration of a school. And so I didn't know how to grow in my career at that point. 
but in Alfort where I lived, which I didn't want to leave. I mean, again, I really like Alfort and you should go and spend the night. I didn't want to leave. And so there was a school that had a, a program in English in public policy, which was interesting, but not like a driving need of mine. But when I was doing that degree in intercultural business communication, there was a, a, a day where it was shortly after Hurricane Katrina happened in 2005. And we were comparing the way the media, the teacher was American. And we were comparing the way the media covered um, Hurricane Katrina and September 11th. And media had played a big role. I didn't realize in my own life because I was in Germany like in 2004 and we reelected George Bush and all the Germans are looking at me going like, how can America do that? How can you reelect to this man? And the only, the only way I could say it is because they're being indoctrinated with the media that they're receiving. You are not receiving those same messages. So they're voting a certain way that you can't understand. But the, the role of the media became really interesting to me. And so that's why I decided to get a degree in it. Um, from, from that one really eye-opening experience where we, we, looked at how 9-11 versus Katrina was being covered, and it was just like a really racist situation, um, but how the media covered both of those. And then, and then also thinking about the election um, in 2004, I just knew that I wanted to study media. And so because it was really hard to do in German, uh, I decided to do that in the UK. So that's how I ended up there. Another country I literally never considered moving to. But another great choice of city. Brighton is one of the only places I've been in the UK, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's great. It was great. All right. So then we're in relationship number two, right? With an Air Force, Air Forder, whatever they call themselves. Yeah. <laughs> did that happen before the move? Like, did you meet or get together pre-move or post? Like in the middle of the move, literally <laughs> like at the end of August before I moved in September. Yeah, it was just it was just that quick. So. So was it easy then in that era to remain connected to this country that you'd in many ways fallen in love with because you were with someone who also still was connected to it? You know what? That's so funny that you say that era because I was actually thinking about that. So Skype just was happening. I remember my parents were like, oh, we can Skype. And they sent me Skype headphones because Skype was so new that they were like giving out headphones. <laughs> so there was no like the the media. There was no like podcast, for example. And, you know, the social media was like not even actually Facebook wasn't that thing. So it was hard. So it was really just like phone calls. What was it called? Like instant message or something. And it was making noise. AOL no, was it was one that mostly Germans used at the time. Um, you, you might not even know it. I probably don't know. Um, and it would go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> so just chat, basically like chat and, and then going back to visit, which was easy. So I would go back pretty often, like every few months I would go back. And for me, so when living in Germany, I was 23 to 26 years old. And those are the times where, like, I think my understanding of politics and what I believe a social structure should be, all of those things for me were formed in Germany and not in the U.S. And so that's where it felt like home to me. So going to Germany felt like going home. So when I was in the U.K., I could easily just, like, take a super cheap flight and go back, and that would feel like home to me. Um, and so that's where I, I actually went home most of the time. I think I didn't go home for like two and a half years in there. I didn't go to the U.S. So then you have this eight-year span and you were connected, would you say? Or did that ever fizzle? No, it's still there and it hurts me every day. Yeah. Um, it's like having a limb that's amputated, you know? So basically what happened was I ended up living in the U.K. for four years and then traveling for four years. Um, and that was all part of that one relationship. And so the travel part was amazing because it allowed me to spend more time 
in different parts of Germany. So when I was in Alport, I got the job right away. And then I got another job right away. And I just worked. Um, and I did a little bit of traveling within Germany, but not as much as I would have liked to. And so when I was traveling, I did a lot of house sitting because it's free. So that worked. And so I lived for two months in a very cool, like, very modern log cabin. When I say log cabin, I really mean like a model used to live there and it was like really fancy and lovely in the mountains um, outside of Munich. Uh, And so I spent like two months, you know, drinking water straight from the snow that melted and all kinds of stuff. And then I also spent two months living in Berlin, uh, which was like the summer of my life uh, in 2012. (laughs) And so, yeah, so I got to know like all different parts of Germany. So actually it only, it only increased. And my, my understanding of the country, like I spent a lot of time in Cologne, which I hadn't done. And that experience really let me get to know a lot more of the country. Hamburg, I had never really spent a lot of time in. So yeah, no, I mean, I still, I went there on a, a, a trip for work, uh, last year to Frankfurt. And the minute I got off the plane, I was just like, oh, like I felt it still. I was like, oh, now I'm home. And I got, I got a pretzel with butter and chives. You know, like that's like yeah. the first thing I did. Was <laughs> <laughs> After the four years of travel, is that when you ended up back in the States and in New York? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I ended up, um, I went back to Chicago for a hot second. And then I was like, I can't live here because I, it was so not like international enough. Chicago is a big city, but it's, it's a little segregated, like, Different people live in different neighborhoods and they don't really mix very much. And I had spent, you know, traveling. I had done a house at New York. I spent a lot of time in New York. And I was like, if I'm going to live anywhere in the U.S., it's going to be in New York. And I met my now wife in Chicago, but she was from New Jersey. So it was really easy for us to sort of move out here. So we did. And it's, you know, definitely better than living anywhere else in the U.S., I feel, for me personally. And to confirm, she is not German, your wife. (laughs) Not American. Yeah, what? she's the only American I ever, yeah, I never dated a non, like a non-European kind of. And it was definitely like, like she would eat like hot dogs and I'd be like, wow, you know, it was definitely like dating a foreigner for me at first <laughs> because it was the first time I dated an American. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so this is really interesting to me now, this era of your life where you're back in the U.S., married to a non-European, non-German how do you, like you said, you still feel like it's missing a limb. How do you deal with that? What do you do to, to maintain that connection or what's missing from that? Um, I'm in the middle of this right now. This is, you know, with hindsight, I'm sure I will be able to put this in a nice little box and explain it easier, but I'm in the middle of it. Like, this is the first time in my adult life that I don't need a visa. I can just go apply for jobs and they're, you know, I could get it and then I could stay because I'm from here, right? Like all these things are so new and different. Um, but I, but I don't, I don't speak a ton of other languages at work. And, um, even though New York is global, it's not in my life the same. So, you know, that's one thing. So Germans, for example, when they live in the U.S., they assimilate. It's not like, it's like I can be friends with Germans, but they're just like American at that point. They speak perfect English. They're totally into it. Of course, they'll complain about whatever, you know, but, um, but it's not like I'm going to have that like same intercultural experience as if I were living there. Even if I surrounded myself with Germans, Germans do a great job at like assimilating to wherever they live. So I don't, I don't really have that either. So I do my best with right now sort of creating my own world in my headphones. I would say a lot of it takes place there. I mean, 
which is hard also because so I listen to some podcasts. I'm a huge podcast fan generally, um, which is how I, I, I found you. And there, I have a, I have trouble through Apple or through other podcasts even getting what might be a ton of German podcasts. I don't even know if the podcast scene in Germany has taken off, but I can only get some. You know, I can get like newspapers have like the site has a whole bunch of uh, podcasts that I'm able to find as I search. Um, I just found one which is awesome um, called Ostwärts, which is all about like East Germany, like now. Um, and looking back at like growing up in East Germany. So it's always like they interview someone who was like born at least in East Germany. So that's fun for me. Oh, See, it's so like cool. going home and it's in German, like it's for Germans. So I do that sort of thing for a while. I was trying to listen to like Deutsche Welle, which isn't really like an international thing, channel, podcast, everything, but it's a little too basic for me because I really did somehow just like become German when I was there. And then, you know, I have WhatsApp and I chat with people from back then. But it's definitely challenging, and I feel those kind of ghost pains a little bit. So, yeah, so that's something I'd, I'd love to I'd love to be able to get back to a place where I could spend multiple months a year in Germany. Yeah, it is hard. I know when I moved, I, I also love podcasts, and I want it to sort of as, as a form of forced immersion because I was experiencing too much English. Um, I want it to listen to more German mm-hmm. podcasts. They really haven't caught on here yet. And even when I mention podcasts to to Germans they're like oh what is it or oh but when do you listen like it's just not something that really computes and like fits into their lifestyle for a lot of people so it's just yeah there really aren't that many out there interesting yeah and I think that's really interesting so I'm not missing anything I don't think so because I've done the same thing I mean I've gone through I, I have uh, I just got a new phone that is Samsung and my old phone was Apple and so I have both different podcast apps because some uh, podcasts are only on certain apps, whatever. I've looked and looked and I've also had a hard time finding any and also any that are good or interesting. Like a lot of them are just a really bland radio broadcast saved as a podcast and um, no adaptation into the format. (laughs) So yeah, I can totally see how that would be hard. And it's not like there's a ton of shows on Netflix that are in German in America. Yeah. Right. It's hard to find the content. It is. And then, like, I'll try to read German books, but, like, let's be real. Like, sitting down with, like, a German book, like, uh, I'll try, but then I'm like, this is not how I want to experience it. Reading reading is not the German that I want to experience. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How often have you visited since you moved to New York? (sighs) Not a lot. Um, I have a job now where I do get to travel for work, and there are conferences and stuff that I could go to in Germany, but that was the first time I had actually been back in a while in since like 2014 I've only been there once which is not easy for me are you have you tried to like convert your your wife into Germanness and German culture and German language um no <laughs> that, that's that's a hard sell one time I didn't even realize that we were on a road trip and what song was it that came on Pitta Fox is like a German I don't know rapper I guess and there's an awesome song and it came on and I was like rapping to it, right? And I didn't even think about it because I had my phone connected to the to the music and she was just like, Oh my god. And then I thought about it from the outside and I was like, Yeah, German rap sounds scary. Yeah, it does. It's not a nice uh, sounding thing. But meanwhile I'm just like totally into it. So it's not an easy sell, but I think I think there's definitely, you know, I, I interest in she's pretty adventurous and, and would definitely consider like living abroad and she's very calm and not 
like American-y, you know, considering that she, she, she lived abroad for um, like six or seven months in Italy, but her whole demeanor, I think is, and it fits that we would end up together, but she has like a pretty European sensibility about her anyway. So I think there's some of that in our future probably, but I don't know if it's going to be Germany. That might be a little hard to solve. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly the country most people are dreaming of. <laughs> I think once it happens to you, <laughs> once you've experienced it, then totally can capture your heart but I can get why people are not like immediately oh okay (laughs) right I know and I think about that and it is hard to like intellectually sell someone on it but you know I think a lot of people dream of living in Spain or you know somewhere like that in Europe and and those are all like really great choices but when I think about the things that I miss the most I miss like green green like grass and green thinking and um just like naturally healthy stuff not having to like make a big deal of it but you know, the way that things are just like very calm and I hate to say it, but like great, like or, like very in order, you know, and things <laughs> make sense. I always describe Berlin as being like a great place for me because it is total anarchy within the like order of a German mentality. So you have like this organized anarchy that I really <laughs> like in Berlin, you know. And that is so <laughs> singular to these mixtures of, of cultures, like the rebellious culture of a very orderly people. It's a weird conflict. Yeah, exactly right. It's weird, but it works for me. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are going to round the corner and head to home to our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It's a rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions, which you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. What is your go-to rainy day activity, which I am fully asking because it is raining here and I want some ideas. <laughs> I think going to the gym. Ooh. What is one product that you still either daydream about or go out of your way to buy from Germany? Knusperflocken. What is that? <laughs> it's like an East German, really bad chocolate. They're shaped like Hershey's Kisses, but they taste like graham cracker chocolate. And they're not even really that good. And they come in a little golden package. And I should say marzipan, but honestly, it's Knusperflocken. <laughs> and last, if you could share one piece of German pop culture with Americans and assuming in this magical world that the language barrier is not an issue, that everyone could magically get it, what would be the thing that you would choose to share with them? Oh, boy. Um, I love German music. I really do. Um, and like I was saying before, a Peter Fox. Uh, or like Seed. I think Seed is awesome. Does the Seed even exist anymore? S-E-E-E-D. It's like German, English, Rasta rap. And it's the best. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you so much for, for coming on the show. And if anyone listening wants to find you or hear more from you, um, where can I point them to? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have a website, jessicadrucker.com. It's D-R-U-C-K-E-R, jessicadrucker.com. Um, and my Instagram is at Jessica V as in Valentine Drucker. So Jessica V Drucker is my Instagram. And you can also go to, so it's jessicadrucker.com forward slash book. Uh, I'm actually just finishing up writing a book on how to move abroad and it's called how to move abroad and why it's the best thing you'll ever do. And I think you're a very evidence of that. 
<laughs> and everything you shared with us today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. That's very nice of you to say. <laughs> I will link to all that in the show notes. And yeah, thank you again. And I hope that some way, somehow, your your heart and life can find their way back to, to Germany. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the show. One more big thank you to Jessica for coming on the show. If anyone out there is listening and is a fellow podcast addict and has managed to find some good German language podcasts, please, please let us know. You can email us at any time at expatcast at gmail.com or you can comment or DM us on Instagram or Twitter, also at TheExpatCast. While you're on your phones, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review on your podcast app of choice and go ahead and share the show with a friend. I want to thank, as always, Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and Amy Lungi Art for the logo, and to Side Hug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram as well at a hug from the side. Next week, we'll be back in your feeds with an episode with an American living in Germany, but more specifically, a Californian living in Bavaria. So basically from one sought after region to the next. Until then, have a wonderful week. And to anyone in Germany listening to this episode on the day it came out, happy, what is it, von Neisham? Yeah, it's also one of the last public holidays for months. So I hope you are out there enjoying it. <laughs>